One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. In this episode, the group continues to explore what lies beneath the settlement. They find a cache of Numenera, fight over fighting, and hear a voice from beyond. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory continue to explore the imprinted echoes of the past. You are now back up near the curved hallway and the seven doors that you had investigated one of previously. You do not know at this point whether or not the Fairdox are following you. But you have a feeling that knowing that they essentially eat Numenera, that they will probably finish off that one relatively quickly and remember that there are tastier things farther down the hallway. <laughs> That's debatable, but all right. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have anything else to say. Fair. I guess you're I'm just right. <laughs> so we're in the hallway. I don't like anything that's happening right now. I just want to put that out there in case I'm the only one. Uh, no, I second that motion. Okay, what are we going to do? Should we try it again? Should we go down and like yell at them or something? Or should we just leave? What should we do? Well, look, I'll, I can... I can stand guard out here. There's a couple of other rooms that we were going to check out. Um, okay. If you want to poke your heads in there, um, I'll keep an eye out, make sure that they don't come after us. Okay, do you want some kind of a signal? Something? I'm just going to yell real loud, and I think that'll be a good signal. I was going to say, this isn't exactly a stealth operation. No, it, it's not, but I just, I thought it would be fun, so I was just, <laughs> that's fine. Buzz kills. I can look. I can chirp like a bird if you want. <gasps> Do it. <laughs> All right. If they start coming at me, I'll start chirping like a bird real loud. I am going to need you to do that now, just so we know what it sounds like. A uh, good idea. Chirp. <laughs> Pat, I... I will allow you to have the creative freedom <laughs> of whether or not to put uh, some bird chirping in there. <laughs> uh, I just think. That will help lighten the mood. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll all feel a bit more relaxed if somebody's just making, you know, some bird noises instead of, you know, excellent, screaming their head off. But okay, all I right. think I'm gonna I'm gonna try this door. Um, see what's behind it. Maybe more of these things. Who knows? <laughs> which Which are the doors that we haven't looked in yet? At this point, you've only looked in one. Okay, I'll look in the second one. 
perfect. The door is closed and locked with a keypad, but you have, between the three of you, you've seen this kind of process, so it doesn't take you anything to get this open at this point. You open the door, it slides open, and you see a similarly minimalist room to the one you had seen previously. There is a small cot, a kind of dresser wardrobe kind of thing, and a small side table. All right. My Imanarch code worked fine, so let's see what else we've got. Can I just in look around, or...? Yes. Is there anything you're looking for specifically? No, unless there's just any Numenera or ciphers, because I like all of those things. You search in the dressery wardrobe okay. kind of thing, That'll and do. you find two ciphers. <gasps> oh, what are they? What are you? I poke at uh, them. Go ahead and roll me any Ooh. die twice. It's headed to one. <laughs> All right, so you will take on the first card that I give to you, you will take the first cipher, and on the second one, you'll take the second cipher. Okay. Fireproofing spray. Ooh. Armor against fire, damage equal to the cipher's level for 28 hours, which is kind of fun. Mm hmm. You said I get both of these. Yeah, there's two okay. cards. Yeah, so yeah, no, no, no. Second I know. card. Yeah, no, I got it. Yes. And then the first one is poison. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> with in parentheses just, it says joy. Just yeah, it just says poison. But okay, all right. So fireproof spray and then poison. So I can only take um, one of these, I think, because I already have one on me. I will take the spray. Okay, it seems like a better idea. Cool. Other things that you see in this room, there is a nearly disintegrated, at this point, jumpsuit okay. in this drawer that has the, essentially the Wi-Fi symbol. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, like, your rounded bars, like, so dot, and then slightly growing rounded mm -hmm. bars going up from it. Okay. Um, does it seem to have any kind of, uh, you said it's almost disintegrated. Um. It's just very, very old. Okay. Is there any kind of like name tag on it or anything that would identify it on a personal level? Yeah. On the, like, there's like a little nameplate on it and it says Talek. T-A-L-E-K. Ah. Jorian Talek at Underground Station. Nehemiah, you're just standing in the hallway, like, waiting to see if these things are following you, right? Yep. Okay, then I'm not even going to make you roll for this, since this is what you are solely focusing on. Cool. As you are standing there, dedicating your eyesight and your ears down the hallway, you do see a faint glow kind of emanating around the curve. Seems to be getting a little bit brighter. Chirp, 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 chirp. I run out of the... <laughs> Hello, what's going on? What's going on? I heard a bird. Uh, something's coming. Was there anything that you wanted to do, Smallrin, in the moment? Uh, uh, Smallrin had already was checking out the third room okay. so she just so pops her head out looks down the hall and sees that there's no one actually in sight so i will go back to quickly kind of tossing this room that i'm in <laughs> okay same furniture looks like this is kind of like a standard issue kind of thing and in this one you find one cipher which i will draw to you go ahead and roll any die for me three Okay, so you will take the first of these ciphers listed on this card. 
Ooh, a phase changer. Puts the user out of phase for one minute. During this time, the user can pass through solid objects as though she were entirely insubstantial like a ghost. She cannot make physical attacks or be physically attacked. Hmm. This sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In addition to that cipher, you also find a small device in like the drawer of the side table. But you pick up this device. Roll me... um, We'll say intellect level three. Okay. This seems more substantial than a cipher. This is definitely something that has a use that is not going to be just one and done. You don't know what it's used for immediately, but on looking at it, it's got a couple of small buttons along one side and a round series of holes on one of the flat edges. It's a small kind of like... uh, triangle along isosceles triangle so two sides being equal and one side being short and on the flat kind of it's raised maybe a couple inches on the flat part there's like a circular part with a bunch of holes and then along one of the long sides there are like five buttons Ooh. all right well i smallrin tucks that into her bag <laughs> question as far as numenera as far as cipher limits If I just, like, if I already have a certain number on me, if I pick something else up and carry it for a couple feet and then chuck it, say, in the direction of the Numenera-eating things following us, am I going to violate my cipher limit? I am 99% sure that it says upon, like, immediately upon gaining extra cipher. I think that's correct. All right, cool. So if you if if you pick it up, then yes, you immediately incur your cipher danger. But if you if, leave one sitting, yeah, and then and then pick that one up, and then <laughs> what if I like juggled it with my feet, like like <laughs> dribbled it like a soccer ball? Oh my god! <laughs> I would let you kick it. Excellent. That's fine. I can't guarantee that it would ever work again, but if that's not the point, then fine. That is 100% not the point. Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, Small Red pokes her head back out. Just checking. Does anyone think that they might have a use for a phase changer? Nah, I have to be here to hit stuff. Um, I sort of would be just doubling up on something if I did, to be completely honest. All right. I I could use it, but I think it'll be more useful like this. Uh, and then she kicks it out into the hallway, steps outside, and winds up to just kick it all the way down the hall. All right. I also wish that I had a visual for like what it actually is that she's kicking. Tell me. All right. Well, phase changer. I'm actually kind of picturing like a little, this little kind of like wristband, basically, like buttons on it and maybe a little screen of some description that is probably already like looking a little dinged up from her, A, finding it and immediately dropping it, and then B, (laughs) kicking it out into the hall. (laughs) But yeah, so... Would you like me to roll anything at all for kicking this down the hall? How far are you trying to kick it? I'm I'm trying to get it as far away from us as possible. Like, if I could bank it off the far wall kind of around the corner, that would be ideal. All right, go ahead and roll me. We will say... Are you going for for distance or accuracy? 
distance. All right, go ahead and roll me might then. Eat right. or Kobe. <laughs> it's a, as the good. kids say. Uh, what what difficulty would you like? Just roll it. We'll see what happens. It's it's not like a target number. I want. I, this is just basically going to determine how far you can get it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that was a seven. So that would just barely get you over a level two difficulty. So we will say it travels. 50 feet, which is probably about a quarter of the way down the hallway from where you see these lights starting to glow now that you've stick, stuck your head out the hall, into the hall. Well, I suppose it's better than nothing. All right, the lights are starting to glow, and now you can kind of hear vaguely that crackling electricity eh. sound that you heard around these creatures when you had first encountered them getting closer. Uh, uh. What do we do? And this this is curved, so like it you don't see you won't have a direct line of sight at first, but you do see the light growing coming around the curve. Whew. Okay. Well I'm tired of being afraid of these things. Um I I realize I've been sounding like a giant wimp, so anybody any ideas on what to do? I mean, I'm gonna stick them with my big stick and we're just gonna start hoping for the best. At least that's that's what my plan is. Okay. Um, I'm open to other venues of uh, how this could work. Well, okay. if you two don't mind standing out here and facing them down, I might see what's in these other rooms. There might be something useful. Mm, maybe. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm going to do that. Uh, All right. Um, I, uh, I, I, okay. go, I go to the fourth door. Uh, All right. Okay. I, I will take a position in front of uh in front of, in front of Jory and I will uh uh lock in my hunter seeker. Okay. All right. I'm not okay. <laughs> I know you're not. That's why I'm standing in front. But no 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 no. No, I'm not that big of a You're making me You know what? I stand next to to, uh, to them. <laughs> I'm picturing like a weird crab walk thing happening where Jory tries to step to the side and Nehemiah steps again in front and all of a sudden they're like a couple feet closer to these things than they thought they were. <laughs> That's, yeah. Kind of vaguely Wizard of Oz walking. Exactly. <laughs> down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. We're just elbowing each other to be first. Okay. You know what? I'm going to. I think I'm going to use one of my ciphers because that okay. seems that seems fun. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a cool kid thing to do. Uh, I will use my time dilation nodule. Remind me what that does for the next 28 hours. The attacker moves at almost instantaneous speeds uh, when he swings the weapon, modifying his attacks by two steps in his favor. Which means I don't know. Hopefully, I can thwack things a bit faster with my quarterstaff. Awesome. So what does this look like when it's activated? What, is this, what does this look like on you? I, well, you actually attach it to the weapon. So okay, uh, okay. I like to think that it's like a slap bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So I slap it onto my staff and uh, gear up. I'm ready. All right. All right. Cool. Okay, that so sounds right. What difficulty do you want me to roll at? It will be a... Difficulty two. Cool. Success. All right. Woo. So I have rolled a uh, four, which fortunately is a success. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> yes. Yay. 
Oh, right, because you're trained in speed, right? Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, you... Do you fire it off first thing, then? Yeah. Okay. You fire off the Hunter Seeker, and it blasts away, searching for its target. Mm -hmm. And it absolutely makes contact, and kind of around the curve of the hall, just barely out of view, you see a small explosion. And am I correct that this does four points of damage? Six. Six. Okay, you see a large explosion. (laughs) (laughs) And in in the light of the explosion, you see two Faradox continuing to advance towards you. It seems the third one has been taken care of. Yay! I'm going to have everyone in... Including Smallrun, actually, just in case. I'm going to have everyone roll initiative, please. And it's going to be a level two. Ten, ten, and seven. You still all go before these things because they are slow little dudes. Yay. Whee! All right. So they are just within view around the curvature of the hall right now, and it is all of your turns. So who would like to do something? I mean, I'm, I'm in room number four seeing if there's anything useful. Are you paying attention to what's going on outside in the hallway? I'm listening to what's going on outside. When I hear actual battle happening, then I will pop out and help. Okay, go ahead and roll. If you have anything that involves, like, investigation or searching or finding things, go ahead and roll that at a level two, just because you're splitting your focus. All right. Can I use my espionage for that? Gonna say no for No? That. Okay, cool. So I guess that'll just be a straight intellect then. Mm-hmm. Success with a ten. Wonderful. So you are easily looking around, trying to uncover whatever it is you can. Again, same setup. Cot, wardrobe, side table. Uh, You look in the wardrobe. There's actually nothing in this one, surprisingly enough. Um, But underneath this bed, there is a similar lockbox to the one that you found in the first room. That is where I will leave your turn. All right, Jory or Smallrun? Okay. You're sm- nope, you're Smallrun. Jory or Nehemiah? <laughs> yes. Hi. Um, so how far, other guy. how far away are they right now? They are about, I'll say 50 feet. On their turn, they will encounter the cipher that Smallrun kicked down the hallway. So they're about 50 feet away. Uh, now that I have my thing engaged, I think I will just, I will move forward and get in front of Nehemiah, <laughs> oh and kind of, uh, kind of, set myself to meet them like half the distance between the uh, kicked object and where we currently are. I would like to okay. be so embracing myself, looking really cool with my stuff. Okay. Anything else you want to do, or just um, I don't know if I can between. if I don't know if, if I can hold an attack, but um, uh, no, I didn't think so. Um, I think that's okay for now. Okay. I do have some apt clay I could slap on something, but I, that wouldn't do anybody any good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to hold out on that. All right. Nehemiah. Okay. I am going to use my ability Fleet of Foot to actually yeah. get into melee with these things. Uh, I can move short distances as part of another action. But if I apply a level of effort to this ability, I can move a long distance and make an attack as, a, as part of my action for the turn. Awesome. They are 50 feet away, which is considered a short distance. Oh, okay, cool. I will burst forward and, and, and stab them. All right, do a stibby stab. It is going to be a <laughs> level two 
might roll for you. That's the lint, and I am trained in this thing. And that is a success with an eight. Uh, So that is going to be six damage. And that is a dead Faradoc. Yep. I run up and plant my sword spear into this thing and essentially launch myself over it, getting myself behind the the other one that is uh, still alive. Perfect. Wonderful. All right. So it comes to then the last remaining Faradoc. It is interested in the cipher that Small Rain kicked down the way, but as of right now, it is more concerned with the man that just ran at it and vaulted over it. You know what? That's fair. I get that. (laughs) I mean, that's what I would be concerned with if if that happened to me. I think that's a little unrealistic, but maybe that's just me. Because they are small, they're, they move quickly and are a little harder to jump away from than you would expect. Please make me a level four speed defense. Ooh, I'd rather not, but I will. I <laughs> <laughs> don't think you have a choice. Chase quits. <laughs> Aha! Minor effect, but rolled a 19, which grants me a minor effect. Ooh. Yes. So you easily dodge out of the way. What would you like that minor effect to be? I would like to sweep my sword spear under its feet and get it off footing so that it can't attack this round. Well, it doesn't have feet. (laughs) Um, They're kind of like floating manta rays looking things. Then I just kind of want to maybe like bash it into the wall. Absolutely. You can, you can, in your dodging, you can kind of like get your, the blunt end of your sword spear kind of against it and you push it, kind of pinning it against the wall so it's going to have a harder time doing something next turn, assuming that it survives. Yes. <laughs> so, player's turns now. Round number two. Small Ren, you have the box. I do. What's in it? Um, how are you opening it? Well... With gusto. <laughs> yes! With with pizzazz. It looks... <laughs> it looks like a, a small lockbox, like a really simple like three-digit combination lock. You could try to pick it. You could also, at this point, bust it open. I'm just going to bust it. We don't have time. Okay. Okay. You bust it open, and you find a small journal, again, in a language that you do not understand, pages that are very well-worn. It looks to be some sort of, like, maybe vellum, something that would hold up better than paper, which is probably why it still exists at this point. But in addition to that, there's a small pouch <laughs> in here that looks to have, if looking inside, it looks to have like strange, uh, at least unfamiliar to you, maybe scientific equipment of some sort, like little implements to maybe do experiments of some sort. That's the, that's the best you can equate it to. Uh, so I'm going to just close the lockbox and kind of slide it back under the bed for safekeeping uh, and head back out into the hall. <laughs> Okay, as you poke your head out, you see Nehemiah and Jory doing what? I, I turn my head to you. Get it! <laughs> I get it. I get it. So far, right. I'm so mad that I was not first there. But I'm going to, I don't know why I went Australian there. But, uh, okay, I'm so mad that I'm not, not first, that I just go crazy. Um. <laughs> so you have, you have no problem. You have no problem moving up to it, nope. and go ahead and roll an attack if you'd like. I'd love to. Thank you for asking. It is going to be a level two. My bad. Uh, level okay. two. I went ahead and did it at a level two accidentally. That's so, fine. So That's fine. I, I was thinking. Crushed defense. it. 
Yeah, how much? Oh, Plus okay, two so damage. how much damage do you normally do? I think I do. Come back. Back page that I You need. have a staff. The staff's uh, a medium four damage. Weapon. Okay. Would you like to take the extra two damage that uh, an 18 rolled gives you? Yes, I would. All right. I'm going you to. You take your staff and you just, like, whack this thing so hard it explodes into a fiery pile of metal. Ooh. <laughs> Yay. Huh. Okay. What's next? I'm so ready now. <laughs> hey, you did great. You did great. At that point, okay. you, you kind of look around, like an adrenaline pounding, and you realize that uh, they're, That's they're it? all dead. That's it. They're, they're all gone now. We did it. Okay. Okay. Up top. Um, I slap five. Slap five. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the, um, the cipher that's on the floor? What's that looking like? Um, it's not functional anymore. Okay, I will hit it like a uh, like my quarterstaff as a golf club because I'm cool. jazzed up. You hit it and got, it, sh- it shatters against the wall. Whee! Got murder in your veins now. I'm so ready. Uh, okay, okay, I'm good. Sometimes you just gotta psych yourself up, you know. You also might want to grab the pieces of that. The materials might be useful later. Oh, good idea. I do that. Sure. Mm. You find two units of IO out of this. That's useful. Okay. What is your next step? Um, I'd like to continue on the rooms once I'm done having my sit. All right. I will say that you guys, you guys go through the. You've gone through four rooms now. The last three uh, prove to be fairly similar. You find another set of clothing. This one looks to be a lab coat. Same symbol on it with the name Riven. R I V E N. You also find, I will say, a total of two more ciphers. Does anyone specific want to deal with those? I'll take a look at them. Okay. Go ahead and roll me two die. Any die? Two and a six. Okay, so you'll take the second cipher on both of the things that I just dealt you. All right. I think I dealt them to you. Did I? Yes. I think so. Okay. Um, data sphere siphon. Tapping into the data sphere's knowledge, the user can learn the answer to one question. And teleporter. User teleports up to 100 times the cipher level in miles to a location he or she has previously visited. He or she arrives safely with their possessions, but cannot take anything else with them. So you can't take other people or creatures. You just take what is on you. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's handy. Yeah, that's, that is, that is a, a big get-out-of-dodge card. Mm-hmm. Yes. For one person. Yes. All right, well. So... You find that, and you find another one of those small, triangular devices. All right. Well, I, for one, would like to, first of all, hang on to both of these devices, because they look useful. But uh, as much as I think the data sphere siphon would be useful, I think I'm going to take this teleporter, and I'm going to put down my... Ducky. 
<laughs> Put down the ducky if you want to play the saxophone. Did anyone? No? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, that's okay. what I was going for. Good. Thank you. Good. Yeah, awesome. That's that's what I was, yeah. What? 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 Love what? It. It's a Sesame Street bit. Oh. Where, like, oh. Ernie won't put down his rubber ducky to try oh. and play the saxophone, so it keeps coming out as rubber ducky squeaks, but then they just end up rolling <laughs> with it, and it's a cute little bit. That's, yeah. that's really good. It um, is. But yeah, I Small Ren is going to take out her blinking cipher that she's not had a chance to use yet, toss it onto the bed, and pick up the teleporter. So if anyone would like the blinking cipher, it actually, Nehemiah, it'd probably be best for you. What does it do again? It's affixed to armor. For the next mm-hmm. 28 hours after it's activated, each time, but not more than once per round, that the wearer of the armor is struck hard enough to inflict damage, they teleport an immediate distance in a random direction. Since the wearer <laughs> is prepared for this effect and the foe is not, the difficulty of the wearer's defense is modified by one step to their benefit for one round after the teleportation. That's handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. Uh, it is a level five. And I will get that info for you just Absolutely. a Absolutely. And that is over my limit. So what do I have to roll? How many do you have over your limit then? One. <laughs> One? All right. So it's going to be D100 plus 10 per cipher over your limit. Okay. So D100. So 61. Okay. That shouldn't be too bad. Let's see here. 61. There is an odd smell that kind of comes from your pack where you have these ciphers. It's like this just kind of weird, almost sulfuric smell. Mm. It's just an ominous thing, not inherently dangerous. Okay. Stink pack. Yep. Bridget, could you roll a d6 for the level of your teleportation cipher, please? Yes. Four. Okay, so that is a level eight. So you can travel up to 800 miles with this. Oh. Wow. And what, what would you say this looks like? Well, the options given are belt, <laughs> belt, wristband, ring, or full body suit. So I like to think that it is a full body suit. It's like, <laughs> okay. I'm thinking of it as like a morph suit. But in a, okay. a very attractive shade of kind of metallic blue. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Metallic blue bodysuit. You can get back to the starting town from, like, the original, like, <laughs> from where, like, Rufus came from. Because mm-hmm. this map has a scale on it. I have a map behind me, folks at home. I have a cloth map that I bought from Monty Cook Games at Gen Con, and it is hanging behind me currently, and it has a scale, and it is very useful for this moment in particular. Yeah, you can go real, real far with that. Which is yep. excellent for Small Ren to know. Small Ren is literally never letting go of this until she <laughs> needs to make use of it. All right. Anything else? Does anyone want the other thing? The data sphere siphon. Or do we have a question we want to ask now without anyone actually picking it up? Hmm. Does anyone have a question they want to utilize the data sphere siphon for? Bridget, I believe, is relatively aware of this, but Chase, Kat, do you have an understanding of what the data sphere is? I think through context clues, I can kind of guess. Mm-hmm. Basically, all of the information of the past eras conglomerated into one thing mm-hmm. essentially 
think like internet, but yeah, ac- accessible via your mind the in sky. this case. I think the obvious question we could ask is like, what's the big circular thing? Yeah, what is this structure? Yes, in okay. general. Yeah. Okay, so who is utilizing this to ask it? I'm kind of an idiot, so I'm going to say not me. <laughs> Before we ask, I will say, I would assume that Eidos has looked for this information on the data sphere before. That's true. I mean, do we want to save it and maybe kind of talk to them and see if there's anything they, they need to know? Smallrin, you know from having access to Eidos' notes that regular access to the data sphere is limited to the people that either have that very specific skill set or people who have uh, ciphers like this at their regular disposal. Gotcha. So it's very possible that they haven't. They haven't had a chance to. Right. That does not seem to be their specialty. Okay. Is accessing the data sphere. And it doesn't seem that anyone in the settlement so far is a nano of that particular brand either. Okay. And I I don't remember seeing anything in Edos's notes that they had been able to find any indication of what this structure is? Not specifically. They have indication of its properties, of what it's done, of what they speculate, but not of the exact, this is for sure what this is. Okay. Well, in that case, do either of you mind if I phrase the question? Oh, you go right ahead. I'm good. Yeah, be my guest. All right. I think what I want to ask it is, what is the structure called, and what is its purpose? Would that count as two questions? Ah. Yeah. Yes. So which would you rather have? Maybe, I, I would suggest There was I a may. semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. What um, is the purpose of the structure? Yes. Then I would prefer to go with, what is the purpose of the structure? Okay. Because it could be called Ben. And then what do we do? (laughs) (laughs) Its name is Joe. (laughs) Okay. So what what does the Datasphere siphon look like? How do you use this thing? Basically what I'm picturing is like a little... It it looks kind of like a snowball mic, actually. It's like roughly the size... (laughs) It's a sphere roughly the size of a softball that has like a little antenna with a very tiny, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Basically, like, very tiny little satellite dish with a little antenna in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so, like, a couple of buttons to press. So, basically, I would be able to use it without holding it. I could just, like, push the button, ask the question, and then it has what looks to be, like, just little slits in it that look like they would be where a speaker would come out cool so you ask you press the button ask the question and there's a brief moment that is almost kind of like like a processing speed you, you hear that old style modem startup when you're yes. trying to connect to the internet welcome yep and out of the speaker you hear just a monotone almost robotic voice respond long distance communication hmm oh interesting huh. That is interesting. But and yet, wildly Actually, vague. You know what? 
Yes, yes, that's what it says. (laughs) (laughs) Took me a second, yes. So does that mean that if I go upstairs and I say something really loud that somebody several hundred miles away that only Smallrid would be able to find, they're going to hear something? Like, what's... what's, Possible, yeah. I want to try it. (laughs) I'm going to try it. I mean, it is possible that it is some sort of antenna basically it's there to amplify a signal in which case the signal would be coming from somewhere down here oh 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 okay so you think we can find it maybe i mean these things are dead now we can go through there's a hallway right there there is Okay. Regarding something. I'm, I'm super set. I'm still ready. You you also right. um I'm I'm gonna No, I feel the rage. It's yeah, good. I know. <laughs> it's great. It's simmering. I golfed a dead say. piece of equipment. I'm ready. All right. All right. So you guys continue down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. You make it down towards the staircase again. You pass the area where sound is delayed. While in darkness, I assume someone has a glow globe up so you don't live Mm -hmm. that weird phenomenon. (laughs) Yes. You you encounter the three-foot canister with a sphere inside that the Faradox were originally looking at. Do you investigate that or do you go further? I'd like to look at it if I could. Okay. What do you do? You said, what does it look like again? Sorry. It is three foot cylindrical canister Mm -hmm. that's kind of like set into almost like a port of some sort. That's maybe like a a small rounded port in the ground. And it has inside it a small floating sphere that's kind of glowing, not giving off a ton of light, less less light than your glow globes. Um, Does it seem to be making any kind of noise? No. Okay. I will go up and. Is there any kind of button or anything around, the, like, the canister? Uh, there looks to be, on the, like, port yeah, on the yeah, bottom yeah. where it's connected yeah. to, there's, like, one large blue button. Round blue button. Like, oh, man. Like, no. size, of, size of your fist. Oh, no. Size of your fist blue button. <laughs> Does it say, punch me? Because I want to. Um, it does have some writing near it, but you okay. cannot read it. Ah, boo. It is in a language that is unknown to you. So, okay, I've got some from... Uh, mm, mm. I, I can sense danger. Do I sense mm-hmm. anything about this specifically that seems dangerous? You do not sense anything physically dangerous about this. Okay. You do not sense anything that would harm you mentally. Okay. You do get an uneasy feeling about this. Hmm. 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 Like that weird feeling when you feel like someone's watching you. Okay. If I push this button, is that thing going to turn into an eyeball that can see me? Because that's kind of the vibe I'm getting in. (laughs) Anybody else? I mean, I'm... That's a really specific vibe. It is a very specific vibe. I'm not sure that we want to be pushing buttons at this juncture. Okay, well, 
I guess if we want to come back... I personally then... do kind of want to just poke the floating globe because I can't uh-huh. tell what's sustaining it. I'm not getting the impression that that would be a bad thing, but <laughs> that's up to you because I have been known on occasion to be flawed. Let me let me try this first, real quick. Mm. Just safety. Mm-hmm. And I take my sword staff and I just very gently tap the floating orb with the with the staff all right so it is enclosed it's like a canister mm-hmm. okay oh okay and the sphere is inside okay uh, so you can you can kind of like poke at the canister itself and it kind of goes tink 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 okay like, like it seems so like so the canister glass. is clear or yes oh okay i was picturing the wrong thing Never mind. Sorry. I was I was picturing like a metal canister, and then like within the top there was a floating. Oh, globe. I see. No, it, almost like a think of like a soup can, like extended out, like that kind of shape. Mm-hmm. And then on either end is like a metal <clears throat> cap, but the rest of it's glass. Mm-hmm. I see. I know exactly what you're thinking of, but everything I'm thinking of is a video game reference. <laughs> right, there's like like power cells and, exactly. and things like that, mm-hmm. and I. What you just described to me sounds as if it's, like, sitting sideways, and I'm picturing something that's, like, up and down. Yeah, I was too, Yes, it, it is up and down. Okay. okay. Oh, I, I was okay. thinking, like a, mu- like, a museum display that you can see on all sides kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That's basically what it looks yeah. like, if anyone can see what yeah, I do. I, I yes. got you. Yeah, that... <laughs> yes. Okay, now, cool. Now, cool. now we are clear. We. Okay, cool. Yeah, so, so tink, tink, tink against the glass. All right. Um... So never, never mind. My... My poking, my poking mm-hmm. idea means nothing now. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, and I would suggest that perhaps we return for this later. Yeah, if we want to poke it later, I suppose, in- unless we blow up the whole place, then. All right, well, I mean, if we poke at it, it, it might blow up the whole place. Uh, uh, okay. All right, so let's, let's keep moving forward okay. then. Okay. On we go. You move on from... The canister with the floating, floating, glowing <laughs> sphere. Floating. It's a word now. Floating word. And, and, and glowing and sphere. You move on from the canister. And from there, there's another staircase that leads you down even farther. It does have a similar curve to it. It's not quite a spiral staircase, but that same kind of slow, gentle right. curve that the hallway up above you had. You travel down this for a little while and... Eventually, it opens up into a large room. And your glow globes only go so far, but you cannot see any, like, edge of this room going forward or left to right. Is there any ominous glow coming from anything? There is not any ominous glow coming from anything. Okay. I will take a glow globe and um, just kind of roll it along the ground. Sure. You kind of roll it and... It rolls a little ways and then kind of like bumps into something. It looks like a large piece of equipment of some mm-hmm. sort, maybe about 20 feet away from you. I will, I've got my spear up and I will just kind of move towards it, keeping an eye out for anything. I'll be right next to you. And that's game. Thank you so much for listening to episode 11 of Imprinted Echoes. If you'd like, you can follow us on social media. You'll find the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. You can also find the hosts on Twitter. 
myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. You can also find our network, Ghostlight Media. Just go to ghostlightmedia.net, and that's where you'll find links to all the other podcasts in our collective and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank our patrons Nate, Connor, and Patrick for their support. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll come back in two weeks to hear another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Pat Mahood. Original show theme music by Justin Longacre. This is a ghost-like media production.